Hello and welcome to Punta Vista, episode 210. My name is Ben, and I am here inside an Australian journalist's brain. Oh no. With me is Andrew, <laughs> who is the compulsion that makes them post every day about potato sculpts versus potato cakes. Hey Andrew, you seem persistent. Yeah, like um, year after year everybody tells me, shut up, and I don't care, and fuck off. Yeah. But every, you know, 12 months goes by, and I cannot control myself. I cannot be controlled. I think to myself, do we really settle that one? Huh? <laughs> and then, you know, you, you're sort of jostling for position with the uh, coriander is yuck versus coriander is yum, people. Mm. Mm. Uh, by people, I mean the other the part of the brain. So this is kind of muddled, the concept that I'm going with here. I don't know if you're like a region of the brain, like a discrete collection of uh, neurons or whatever I- is inside a brain. Yeah, more like a, a pulsing flash of electric electrical activity. Oh, you're very mm. ephemeral. Or a stroke. Yeah. 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 Oh, a, a stroke me, they have every day. Get me uh, 20 millimeters over that way, and I'm doing some damage. But as it is, <laughs> you're I'm doing a different, different form of damage. Um, just uh, Hey, just open Twitter. Journalists that I'm piloting, uh, like a <laughs> mech or the, the rat from Ratatouille. Or the small man from Men in Black. Yep. Little alien guy. Or the crew of people in the movie Meet Dave. Hmm. Were they people? <laughs> yeah. Huh. They were they were really small people from another planet. They were piloting a guy called Dave, played by Eddie Murphy. Yeah, or but if the, the if school from bus another... that goes up people's asses and pilots mm. them like that. Or uh, Dennis Quaid inside Martin Short in the movie Inner Space. <laughs> I don't think they're piloting... I pretty sure he like exercises some kind of control over his body at some point doesn't he mm. the worms inside fry that make him really good at playing the hollow saxophone or whatever Holo- the fuck Holof- it is Holof- holophone you've um you've actually confused two things uh that's an episode of futurama where the worms inside him just make him smart and physically fit generally mm-hmm. he becomes good at playing the holophone because he gets the robot devil's hands no that's not yeah that's not true. No, I agree with Theo here. No, you, I, I, Ben. At the, at the risk of starting a, another deluge of emails that no, just absolutely. say Email Andrew in wrong say, to and say mailbag ben at puntavista.com. If Ben is wrong, mail in Ben wrong. The Holophoner episode is a musical about him arguing with a robot devil about not God giving his hands back. God damn and it. It's a beautiful opera that he's composed. Fuck for Leela. Oh man, it's fucking the oh! I love that episode so much. Watch the Holophone musical episode of Futurama. It's from season four. It's called it's like "The Devil's Hands Are Idle Playthings." Um, Homer's the devil. That's true. Dan Casablanca, I believe his name <laughs> is. Also with us as a fleeting flash of electrical activity inside the brain is Theo, who hey. is the perverse smugness that Australian journalists feel and endlessly posting about they hate when people say fewer when they mean less, mm. or how they notice when apostrophes are used incorrectly. Hey, Theo, why the hey. fuck do you exist? I mean, look, I think my my um, my job mainly is to hold the public to account. If yes. I see them uh, like out there going like, you know, hey, um, maybe we need... Uh, you know, less war crimes committed by Australian soldiers or less, um, you know, refugees in illegal offshore prisons, um, less opening a single uh, island prison for uh, for a single family at a cost of $160 million, uh, which, you know, I've got better things to do posting about potato scallops all the time. But when I see this, it really makes me mad. The, the injustices in the world... And I have to reply, uh, I have to say, uh, I, I think you mean fewer. Yeah. And thank you. And thank, thank you for you. the work you do. You know what I was taught at journalism school? Uh, if someone tells you that it's raining outside and someone tells <laughs> you that it's not, it's not your job to say that. It's your job to go outside and scold someone for a minor grammatical error. Yeah, that's mm. right. If the if the government comes to you and says that it's raining outside, your job is to put that in the paper because people deserve to know. Yeah. That it's raining out there. Yeah. If if one person tells me it's raining and another person tells me that it's not, what's important is that both of those views are heard because yeah. what makes one any less valid than the other? That's yeah. exactly right. And and that's really what it's like with the far left and the far right in this country, I think. Mm. Which yeah. are Don't basically you think? the same. 
Basically the same thing. They are as indistinguishable from each other as a potato cake and a scallop, depending Mm -hmm. on which state you're in. Which state are you in and what did you call them growing up? (laughs) Jesus. Shut up. Sorry, sorry. That's that's pretty much my thing. Yeah. Uh, That's mainly what I'm bringing conversations back to. Mm -hmm. Don't really have a lot of control over it. Primary course of being and everything. So you yourself, the compulsion, are compelled. I am a compulsion. You're like a meta compulsion. Mm. That's fascinating. It is my very nature. Listen to us, a bunch of smart people on a smart person podcast with philosophical stuff going on. Mm. So you're you're just here like in human form? I don't know where I sit in this one. Every time I write an intro, I like to imagine myself as um you know the strolling around? The movie Into the Void, where that guy dies when he's on a lot of drugs and then the rest of the movie is him hovering over Tokyo viewing different things, including his own birth at the end of the movie. Never seen it. Haven't seen it. Oh fuck, it's a wonderful film. Jesus Christ. Oh. Gotta watch Into the Void. Although the first ten minutes uh you're seeing through someone's eyes, including mm. blinking, and it is mm. very infuriating. Whenever anyone asks me if I've seen uh, Into the Void, I have to tell them, Gaspar, no. The <laughs> bed's trying. There it is. There he is. <laughs> he very hard. That's awful. <laughs> I, I remember seeing uh, Gaspar Noe's um, Irreversible in I the don't cinema. I think that's how you pronounce his name. What, that's how we're doing it now. I don't Gaspar Noe. Okay. Mm. <laughs> or Gaspar Kent. <laughs> uh, I do remember seeing the seeing that movie in the cinema, Irreversible, and uh, the f- the first scene in it, which is really the last scene when you think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, the first scene in it is like the the camera like whirling around in the dark and occasionally illuminating something, um, and then. Settling on a guy bashing another dude's head in uh, with a fire extinguisher until it's just like a mangled, quivering pulp of teeth and bone and and gore and stuff. Uh, That cleared out the people who were not there for that kind of movie Mm. very quickly. That's probably the movie movie where I've seen the most people just stand up and exit the theater in (laughs) under 10 minutes. Probably good choice on their on their behalf, though. Yeah. Hmm. I also haven't seen that. Ben, you seem to be in some kind of trance. Yeah, sorry, I was watching with rapt fascination as I was trying to watch Andrew try to figure out how to get from the traumatizing (laughs) movie Irreversible to the next thing we're talking about. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Check this out, motherfucker. (laughs) Oh. <laughs> I, I actually don't think I can do the the first one that popped into my head. It's, okay, it's really, um, it's really bad. Okay. Uh, yep. Yeah, and then there's no need for you to say what it was going to be if you've decided that you watch can't him. do it. Watch, watch. No, I, I, I can't do that one. Uh, what I can do, however, is say, uh, <clears throat> uh wow, some things. <laughs> Uh, irreversible, like Mr. Gaspar knows movie. Another thing that's irreversible is dying in a Dutch canal. In this, the latest installation of Netherlands Watch Corner. <laughs> hey everybody, I'm from Holland. Isn't that weird? It so, is uh, weird to be from there. Sorry. I'm sorry, <laughs> I don't make the rules. This was, uh, in a sense, sent in to us by listener Chev. Um, sent into your ear canals. Yeah, as in I was doing my, my podcast work at the bar and I was talking about something to do with the Netherlands. And Chev uh, imparted upon me uh, something he heard from his time living on a boat in Amsterdam and running bar crawls, uh, which is exactly the sort of shit Chev would do. Uh, Classic Chev. I mean, hey, if you know Chev... And a tiny fraction of <laughs> listeners to this podcast do know Chef. Yeah, and they <laughs> and they're sitting in their homes in Brisbane, going, "I I do know Chef." Let's list off all the people that listen to this podcast that know Chef: Aaron, Judd, Tilly, mm-hmm. and I think that's the end of the list. Oh, Ben, ben friend yeah, of the show, ben, ben Jungles. Yep, and that's the end of the list. Uh, so he was talking about how there's like 
a crazy big problem uh, with people drowning in Amsterdam's canals, which is not something I had ever heard of. And so I decided to take a look into this. Uh, Andrew, I'm going to get you to read this out just because there's some fun names in there that I would like to hear in your voice. But this is a story from DutchAmsterdam.nl. Never heard of it. Not sure I like it. Uh, I mean, how many other Amsterdams are there? That's what I'm asking. Uh, How many people drown in Amsterdam's canals? Take it away, Andrew. Amsterdam is often referred to as the Venice of the North. (laughs) You know how we're always saying that? Yep. Mm -hmm. Have you been to the Venice of the North? Hmm. That place where you you get mushrooms legally and then you wander around and look at some titties in a window? The Venice of the North. I want to know if there's any Dutch people referring to um, Venice as the Amsterdam of the South. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you guys got some canals put in? That's nice Mm. for you. Cute. Mm. Small wonder, the city has 165 canals with a combined length of 100 kilometers. That's 60 miles. When you include its rivers and lakes, one quarter of Amsterdam consists of water, just like the human body. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that's amazing. (laughs) Some 400 times a year, ambulances are called out for someone who fell into a canal. That is a great strike rate. Over one a day. That's beautiful. A little bit. They're like... They're all fucking being like, oh, it's going to be us today. No. Hmm. Look it around must... you. Look to the person to your left. Look to the person to the right. If they haven't fallen into a canal, you have. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look to your left. Look to your right. <laughs> if you see two fish, you've fallen into a canal. <laughs> look to your left. Look to your right. Uh, then look up. If there is nobody to your left or your right, but the person in the upward direction is very rapidly getting smaller, you are currently falling into a canal. <laughs> In most cases, there is no lasting harm. However, according to the latest statistics, on average, 18 people a year drown in Amsterdam. The Public Health Service of Amsterdam, the GGD, says that nearly 20% of the drowning victims had indications of drug or alcohol addiction, were homeless, or suffered from mental confusion. Cannot help but feel that that's an unfortunate translation. I forgot which part the dry part was. Whoops. (laughs) Got my wets and my dries mixed up again. (laughs) Alcohol and or drug use played a role in 40% of the drownings. That's not that big a shock to me. Who among us uh, has not, I don't know, leapt off something or decided that, hey, what had really hit the spot right now is a little night swimming uh, (laughs) while very drunk. In a filthy canal. Those, those like, shortcuts, though, must be just so tempting. He's you're like, fucking, oh, fuck, my house is just over you're there. You're two mm. sheets to the wind. You're standing on the shore of a very, very narrow canal, and it's just over there. The bridges are not even worth thinking about. It's just there. It's right there. You've got the kind of confidence in your own physical yeah. abilities that you can only get after having seven Jägermeisters. Mm-hmm. I could do it. I could put a fucking pole vault over this thing. God, that'd be cool, wouldn't it? That'd be dope. Keeping a pole near your house. I'm just going to go over to the other side. Woo! I was... (laughs) What kind of... I was watching some kind of sport recently, right? And it was like one of those... um... Oh, it's um, it's pole vaulting. Yeah, pole vaulting's the one Pole vaulting's the one you're thinking about. Wrong. Um, It's... It it's like a like a canal vaulting thing. I think you're thinking of canal vaulting. That's probably it. Um, but this was one of those like uh, like Red Bull sponsored random sports things, you know. Uh, and and they were, it, I can't remember what country it was from. Probably the Holland. one with all the canals. It is from Holland, and mm. it is called Fjellepen. Beautiful. And, like, the poles that they use are crazy tall, and they get a big running start at the canal, and then as they're going into the vaulting part, they immediately start climbing. They (laughs) shimmy all the way up to the top of this massive pole, so that as it falls over, they come to a stop on the other side. And it's very entertaining. 
It's like, and like, we're a, not, like a two we're not story high to, pole kind of thing. We're not supposed to think this is funny and make light of this. No. No, we're, we're supposed absolutely. to say, <laughs> I love elite athletes, you know? We're not meant to make fun of Fierleupen or Polstockverspringen, a traditional sport of the West Frisian people in the Dutch province of Friesland. The sport is nowadays also popular in the province of Utrecht, which produced record holder Joko de Groot. <laughs> and that's normal. That's not that's, funny. That's normal. That's so normal. <clears throat> in many cases, men unable of their feet, unstable of their feet due to the effect of drugs or alcohol, fell into a canal while attempting to relieve themselves. Uh, if you don't die, your friends are laughing. I gotta say. That's probably one of those classic pub stories. If you don't die. If you do die, it's a tragedy that will probably haunt your friends forever who ask themselves if they could have done something to stop it from happening. Yep. Oh. <laughs> I, I, th- I think about him every time I fall into a canal. <laughs> If only I'd been holding his shoulders while he was pissing into the canal so he didn't fall in. If only we used the buddy system where we tie a rope to each other while we piss. There should just be a buddy system where you hold the back of your pal's shirt. Yeah. I think. It's like a trust fall, but for pissing into a canal and not dying. Attempting to balance yourself at the edge of a canal while inebriated is difficult. More so when it is dark. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, DutchAmsterdam.nl. You also just came out of a warm pub into the cold of the night. Often, something called Mycturition syncope happens, the name given to the human phenomenon of fainting shortly after or during urination. Huh. Alcohol yeah, you guys, causes um, you... You ever had that one happen to you before? Uh, had a friend have it happen to them. Allow me to tell the story in one second. Alcohol causes your blood vessels to expand, hence the red cheeks. Less blood flows back to your heart. This causes your blood pressure to drop, which in turn causes dizziness. Um, so, so this friend of ours, like fam- family friends, um, a couple, uh, my dad worked with these people for years. And this lady was in her house, um, sitting on the toilet, peeing when she fainted, Right. And apparently this is a, a common thing, like one of those one of those sort of weird things where there is some little confluence of factors of like, you know, your your bowel emptying and relieving the pressure on one thing and something else happening and like you just pass out, right? But because she was sitting on the toilet in the bathroom, she just fell face forward oh, onto no. the tiles. And smashed her fucking face and oh, knocked her shit. teeth out and shit. No. So just coming to with your pants around your ankles and like you've just been hit in the face with a sledgehammer. Oh god. So that was a that was a bad time for her, you know. Um But real thing definitely happens. Once someone has fallen into the water, it is difficult to get out, even if the unlucky person is not inebriated. Well, who put the canals there? Dutch people. Can I? So, here's a fucking statistic. Uh, it is responsible for 24 to 8.4% of all cases of fainting in adults, occurring oh. mostly in men. The old piss faint, huh? Yeah. Hmm. Keep an eye out for that one, guys. Uh, hmm. Here's some, some treatment things here. Uh, general advice to men with micturition syncope. I assume that's how that's pronounced. Uh, includes... To sit while urinating, done. Uh, to sit on the edge of the bed for a while before getting up and going to the toilet, easy. Avoid urinating while sleepy, seems a little harder. Uh, urinate before you go to sleep. And uh, if you feel the onset of faintness, simply cross your legs and flex them immediately Ooh, get to that stop on. urination. That oh. apparently stops you from pissing. Huh. It's like... um. It's like, uh, w- like as 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 far as just being one of those little <laughs> reflex things. It's like uh, when you're watching fighting and somebody gets hit in the liver, and they just immediately collapse. Like they don't go unconscious or anything, mm. but they just fall down, right? Like oh, the somebody, Houdini effect. Yeah, if somebody if somebody gets like yeah kicked kicked hard like in the side around the back or something. Or, or if someone like kind of winds their their arm up kind of backwards uh-huh. like they're winding up a yeah. the the spring in a toy. After you've but, said, "Hey, wallop me with the biggest haymaker you possibly hey. can." 
right okay. in God's place. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's this like complete reflex thing, uh, because apparently I was I was reading about this at some point. You it like shocks the liver. I'm referring to Wikipedia here. Shocks the liver, the largest gland organ and center of blood circulation. Um, and what happens is that you, when you get slammed in the liver really hard, because it's responsible for circulating your blood, your body involuntarily goes, ah, what the fuck? It's really important <laughs> that we keep blood moving around. And so it just says, I'm going to turn off the least important stuff that's furthest away from the brain. Legs. You're out of here. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and so, like, so, so yeah, while, while people, when they see that happen in a fight, they think that, like, someone has just been badly hurt, but instead it's, I'm sure it hurts very much, but it's a mm. completely involuntary reaction your in your body's body. Your body prioritized its systems. Yeah, it happens in your body goes, oh, better start throwing some switches. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Don't have enough power slots available for leg. <laughs> they're, they're, yeah, they're up there. They're up there in the in the old uh, cabin throwing. You know, like the big uh, the big lever that they have on the Titanic. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, engines engines down legs. <laughs> yeah. Full stop. They they pull they pull both of those for each leg. Uh, the bell rings somewhere down near your asshole. Reminding you of. <laughs> and they know. Shut that shit off. <clears throat> Most keys are quite high, and there are not many ladders or jetties. In addition, many canals are free of houseboats, sloops, and dinghies that someone would be able to hold or climb onto. This place is a fucking death trap. Ah, help, I've fallen into a sloopless canal. (laughs) Somebody throw me a sloop. (laughs) Is there a sloop at hand? In the past, there used to be life-saving equipment such as swimming hooks, lifelines, and life buoys attached to bridges, but vandalism and theft made an end to that. Like a He's permanent end? For all of us. You Dutch sons of bitches. <laughs> I'm going to steal this life rig. <laughs> just one laugh. mad Dutchman like going around the countryside frowning as he removes each one. <laughs> Look what you've done. Every, uh, every, uh, I, I'm picturing it as being like the traffic cone thing. Like every uni student share house you go into oh, just has a life of, preserver up on the wall. Yeah. But how many people, both locals and tourists, actually drown in Amsterdam's canal? In 2015, Tobias van Dijk, a researcher with the Public Health Service of Amsterdam, GGD. I want, uh, ben, what is yeah. that? What is that in Dutch? I don't know. Studied, I've not looked into it. Go on. Study drowning incidents in the city. He reports that each year, more than 30 people drown in Amsterdam's open water, including not just the canals, but also lakes, rivers, ditches, swimming pools, and garden ponds. These motherfuckers love drowning. (laughs) How? Oh, it rained pretty hard last night. Stay safe, everybody. Uh, So the GGD stands for the... Gemeentelijk Gesundheitsdienst. Dienst. Bless you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> About a quarter, say seven or eight, of those 30 people drown in a canal. But on average, only three people a year are presumed to have drowned while peeing into a canal. That conclusion is usually based on the state of the victim's clothes, e.g., Open zipper or pants undone. Oh, man, that's grim. I've just been like, oh, this one also had his penis out. He must have been a piss one. Oh, Coroner respectfully tucking your penis back into your pants. Oh, solemnly like one hand closing your eyes, the other hand pulling up your fly. Oh, placing... Placing one coin over the end of your penis for the river man. Another one, balls completely empty. <laughs> oh, just tap Tragic. it on the side here in the fucking. That hollow sound. Oh. Are you, uh, Theo, are you referring to that hollow sound you hear when your balls have been emptied of piss? <laughs> Wrap a little mallet against them. <laughs> oh boy. Open zipper means. You brought this on yourself, I guess. That's Oof. well. I'm. I'm saying. I like, like that they presume that they weren't jacking off. That's nice of them. That is very nice of them. How about yeah. this though? You're in Holland to do a murder. 
right? Mm-hmm. All you got to do is get oh. that guy's get that guy's Unzip fly it. down before <laughs> you push him into the canal. That's good. Strangle somebody, drag him out to a canal, pop that zipper down and push him in. That's the first thing they look at. And as soon as they see that, they're like, no foul Case play here. Closed. Yeah, it looks like there's uh, a lot of burst blood vessels in his eyes and there's there's bruising around his throat. There are signs of asphyxiation. But, oh, he's, his dick is out of his fly, so... Mm. Case closed. He probably, uh, oh, his all those blood vessels in his eyes, he probably had that fainting while you're pissing thing. Yeah. You know? It's poorly understood, according to the Wikipedia article, so... Yeah. Maybe it causes being stabbed three times in the chest. Hard to say. Van Dyck notes that forensic research into the actual circumstances surrounding a drowning is complicated. That's why you need piss cams. <laughs> 165 canals, 165 piss cams. Oh, I thought you were talking like a body cam, but for your dick, you know. Wait, is it looking up at you? No. From all, your own penis? All, all Dutch men receive a belt buckle. Uh, a mount sitting on it comes out, turned down, 90 degree angle. Uh, body cam at all times pointed straight down. Hmm. So they can see exactly what kind of activity you were up to before you fell in the canal. Um, yes, you do have to let them record your penis uh, pretty much all other times, but I think it's a small price to pay to slightly better understand whether or not someone was actually pissing when they fell in, or if they were just walking around with their fly down. Because yeah, when you be might mad, have just been a pervert, or or like you know you pissed a at the pu- pervert, you pissed at the pub before you came out, forgot to put your fly up because you fainted while you were pissing, uh, and then you get up and walk out of there. Somebody shoves you into a canal. They're like, hey, look at this guy's zipper. Plus, if your pee's too dark, a nice man shows up at your house and knocks three times on the door. Excuse me, uh, you'll need to drink more water. (laughs) (laughs) You hydrated, sir. It's actually a a thing they have from medieval times of when the guy would just watch you piss and then tell you that. He wears a traditional jester's outfit, the piss jester. (laughs) Some of the best hydration rates in the world. In Holland? Yeah, they're all falling into canals. They're soaking <laughs> wet. Jesus, fuck. Well, that was Dutch Watch. Great news, though. We got some more Dutch Watch coming right at you. However, this is a blend. This, uh... Mm. This, we, we are bringing you, um... You know, we are the sommeliers of the news world. Hmm. That's true. This one for you right now. This is a blend of two types of news that you've tried before and um, you said you liked. So this one is a blend of uh, Netherlands Corner and Nature Corner. We love it when two corners intersect. I don't really know what kind of space that creates. (laughs) Two intersecting corners. Yeah, I'm not sure either. I mean, that... It's very hard to imagine. Are they still corners then? That if they're intersecting? Well, I mean, if it's two corners, you're describing intersecting as the the corner of like a cube. Each corner is the intersection mm. of three corners, actually. Well, this isn't of three the planes. This of isn't the, three genres. Of the faces. If you if you intersect corners, then you have to create a new corner. A corner corner. Mm. What if you imagine two corners and there's a wall in between them, and you're standing right in the middle of the wall? What if you imagine two corners and they've got huge titties and they're just going to town on each other? Now we're talking. Oh, fuck. (sighs) One of the corners is 45. Are you going to play the nature corner theme as well? or Do you think that would be appropriate at this time? Nah, fuck it. Who cares? Okay. Anyway, this is a blend of Dutch news and nature corner news. And as thus... The only solution to that would be to play the Nature Corner theme and the Netherlands Corner theme at the same time. That would create a type of dark chaos that we're not sure you're ready for. This story is from DutchNews.nl. So you know it's good. (laughs) Return of the King! (laughs) Large and in charge, baby. Thank goodness, because that story from DutchAmsterdam.nl was bullshit. DutchNews.nl. Yes. That's what's up. The original. The best. We fucking love it. We love to hear it. <clears throat> Dyke breach in zoo in Holland. Was it cows or crayfish? <laughs> Rarely in life are those the two culprits you've narrowed your list down to. A lot of things crossed off on that list. 
So get right down. Let's try and think about if you thought a crime had been committed, what are the factors? What's what's the evidence you could find that would make you think it would, could have been a cow or a crayfish? Uh, salt residue, because cows like salt licks and crayfish, are, mm-hmm. they're a saltwater crayfish. Okay, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. An investigation has been started into the cause of a dike breach in Rewike, in the province of Zuid-Holland, in the early hours of Monday morning, with the American crayfish, one of the contenders. The farmer whose fields were flooded as a... The farmer whose field were flooded. You got your translation not up to the usual standard here at DutchNews.nl. I actually think these guys are all native English speakers from what I've heard from listening to the podcast. Goddamn. The farmer whose field were flooded as a result of the breach told local broadcaster Umrup West that, in his opinion, the breach was down to the destructive American crayfish (laughs) rather than the recent flooding in Limburg. This guy's just been looking for a looking for any excuse to blame the American crayfish, who I believe is a local superhero. Mm. The American crayfish. One also killed his wife. <laughs> you don't forget something like that. No. Quote. They're gnawing away at the dike, and its condition is getting worse. <laughs> the weakest links break, he said. <laughs> in in just, another four hundred years, it'll be completely how, shot through. They, how in much, another four hundred years, they will have eaten me. <laughs> what is this dyke made out of? Cheese, uh, traditionally softest yeah, it's cheese. It's either we can gouda find. or it's dirt. I think are probably the two most likely materials. If we don't do something about this animal, more damage will be done. Others have suggested the cows which have trampled the dike have caused it to shift and break. They don't say who these others are. Just, well... Some guys. I think it was cows. Oh. It's the word about... I'll put that in the paper. (laughs) Holding a microphone down into a canal for some Vox Pops. (laughs) That's interesting. This guy just said, gurgle, gurgle, gurgle. (laughs) Tell them I wasn't pissing. (laughs) So that I can go into Valhalla. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) You reach reach the pearly gates and Shane Peters (laughs) sees sees your dick out of your pants. (laughs) Come on, man. We can't have you walking around like that for eternity. (laughs) Because you have to wear the clothes you're wearing when you died in heaven. We don't make the rules, folks. The Rhineland Water Board has called the crayfish scenario unlikely, but said it is not ruling anything out. That's not ruling anything out. Could be aliens, Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder some, ben, little, some little lobsters. Um. I just mm-hmm. was was struck by a thought. Oh my god! We have never looked to see. If there are Dutch cryptids. Oh, my God. Now, I assume that while you were saying that to me, you Googled the phrase Dutch cryptid. I Googled Holland cryptid and I got a Wikipedia page in the category Dutch legendary creatures. And the last entry under Z is Zwarte Piet. (laughs) I'm going to say that my three favorite is the the three in a row you get from L through P. Mm. Langelwapper. (laughs) Uderode Ogen and pig-faced women. Yeah, that's right. It's their wives. There's one here that just says B for Belgians. <laughs> Uh-oh, here comes the Belgian. He's going to steal your children. Legends featuring pig-faced women originated roughly simultaneously in Holland, England, and France in the late 1630s. The stories tell of a wealthy woman whose body is of a normal human appearance, but whose face is that of a pig. Haunting stuff. In the earliest forms of the story, the woman's pig-like appearance is the result of witchcraft. Following her wedding day, the pig-faced woman's new husband is granted the choice of having her appear beautiful to him, but pig-like to others, or pig-like to him, and beautiful to others. When her husband tells her that the choice is hers, the enchantment is broken and her pig-like appearance vanishes. These stories became particularly popular in England, and later in Ireland. I think... We might have actually found a through line here uh, 
So this one is about Langawapa, who is a Flemish folkloric character who is a legendary giant and a trickster. Uh, I'm going to read this whole paragraph. I feel like tricksters are usually small. I was going to say uh, the legend started in the 16th century in Uilreich. A farmer found an enormous garden parsley and a red cabbage in his bed. When he touched the vegetables, they turned into a cute baby. As he was unable to take care for the child, it was adopted... Yep, no, that's what it says. It was adopted by a family living in Antwerp. Many years later, the boy helped persons in need. One day, he saved an old woman who was thrown into the River Scheldt by a youth gang. <laughs> The the, old into woman. another canal. Mm. And then Wait, where was his penis? The, where was his penis when he got thrown the in? Flotation devices stolen off. Well, <laughs> the old woman thanked the man by giving him some gifts, such as the ability to shape shift and to make himself so tall he could move from one town to another with a single giant leap. That is baller. as he preferred to be his tall size. He got the nickname Langlewapper. The man turned into <laughs> a water sprite who liked to live near the sea, near rivers or canals. Since then. Langawapa used tricks to approach women to get their breast milk. He teases drugs, cheats while playing with children and laughs like the devil. Oh my god. I this... love him so much. This Uh-oh. guy's so cool. <laughs> oh, now you're enough to give Langawapa your booby. <laughs> I mean, I my sincere hope is that he's asking them to bottle the breast milk before he gets it. I don't think that that's what's Please, happening. I'm dying of thirst. <laughs> oh, I'm actually a giant scientist, and I need to run some tests. I have uh, several several bottles here. Uh, yes, it just looks like my normal drink bottle with a screw-top lid. Just pop something in there for me. And then oh. he laughs like the devil. We weren't wrong about the Belgian. Uh... <laughs> Uderode Ogen, or Old Red Eyes, otherwise known as the Beast of Flanders, is a Flemish boogeyman. The legend of Uderode Ogen began in the Flanders region of Belgium in the late 17th century after reports of children who went missing and were believed to be victims of a cannibalistic shapeshifter. Witnesses claimed to have seen a large, naked black man. Oh, no. Oh, no. Running away after trying to steal a young girl from a bed, he was shot at and seen to change into a large black dog. A homeless man was soon found living near Neckerspiel and without trial was lynched and skinned alive. Good Lord. Uh, the skin is said to be buried in the basement of St. Rumbold's <laughs> Cathedral in Mechelen. Uh, from the early 18th century until present, a ghostly dark figure with fiery red eyes has been seen in Mechelen and surrounding areas. Said that he was once seeks his skin to become whole again as the demonic, demonic figure he once was during the I mean, 20th century. It sounds like he, oh, he was just a no. guy at some point, you know? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Reading during ahead the 20th a little century, here. The ghost, ghostly being became known as the Nicker, with two Ks. <clears throat> and a hard R. <laughs> the Necker or the Necker. That's, yeah, as part of a story told children who stayed up past their bedtime. Um, I gotta say, like, uh, my, my, my kids, uh, like all kids watch Disney movies and shit and they liked, um, Tangled, which Mm. is the, uh, version of the Rapunzel story, right? So when we were doing a long interstate drive back when you could do things like that, um, we were like, oh, well, let's let's listen to some, like, audiobooks or stories or whatever, you know. And they were like, oh, is there a Rapunzel one? And we looked, and there was. And mm. listening to just, like, a direct translation of original versions of fairy tales, they are all fucking bananas. <laughs> They're all yeah, like this. They're all not absolutely wild. Which is ironic, because they literally are for kids, but they're not for kids. Uh, very cool. <laughs> hang on, hang on. All right, <laughs> look under W for me. What is the one entry there? Uh, I believe that was white women. It is white women. Yeah, Witwiven, also <laughs> known as Witwiven, are spirits of wise women. Uh, Witwiven in modern Dutch Low Saxon literally translates to white women. Huh. 
Does it say whether they do or do not be shopping? <laughs> it doesn't say. It's interesting. Oh, that's interesting. In some places, they were known as the Euphorus or Euphorus, or as Dames Blanche, white ladies in French. <laughs> that's beautiful. <laughs> what, a, what a wonderful fictional place. <laughs> uh, here's, here's one from... Uh, Here's one from Dutch Folklore. Sorry, this fandom. is just the show now. Yeah. Oh. We're reading cryptid Wikipedias. Look. Oh, wow. Holy fuck. They're in, uh, they're in German mythology as well. Weissfrauen, the white women of German mythology. <laughs> Near the village of Efter is Witwevenbilt. This translates as White Women Hill. <laughs> oh, this fucking There's now whips. Zara on it. All right, here's one called Kluder. <laughs> oh, again, in Brabant, but mostly in parts of Belgium. People feared the nocturnal Kluder shouting monster. Hence the name Kluder. He shouts Cluder. That's my understanding. Kluder. People know him as a horrifying tormentor. Some people have described the Kluder as a water demon, supposedly a big dog that walks on its hind legs with heavy chains, a bear claws, a black beak, green glistening scales on the bat wings on his back, and crimson-coloured bulging eyes. I love, I love these like 16th, 17th century legends that they're just throwing. They're throwing everything at the wall. Whatever you see, got. what sticks. Whatever you got: scales, bat wings, white women. He terrorizes children and pulls children into the water. The Cluder can move at immeasurable speeds and is said to spawn from the cremated bodies of witches and wizards. Some say if one were to kill the Cluder, seven more would crawl from its corpse. He likes to play dangerous games such as jumping on unsuspected passers-by and becoming increasingly heavy. The monster can sometimes be found in the reeds, under bridges and inside of hollow trees. Should one encounter the beast, their best hope is that their feet are faster than the Cluder's claws. <laughs> Throwing a handkerchief could save their life. <laughs> Just like with the werewolf, this fiend has no other choice but to rip it apart carefully, fiber by fiber. Hmm. Hmm. I didn't uh, know that about the werewolf, but that's helpful to me. Although it means I've got to start carrying a handkerchief. The, the cryptid wiki... Uh, has an entry for the Dutch flying jellyfish, which mm, I thought was a disgusting sex move uh, before reading this. <laughs> uh, the Dutch flying jellyfish is an atmospheric jellyfish, type of UFO, sighted in the Netherlands by Harry Purton. The sighting prompted speculations on what the creature really was. Atmospheric jellyfish are flying jellyfish that have been sighted floating in the atmosphere. It is mostly known because of its appearance in The Secret Saturdays. According to British scientist Dr. Maggie, Maggie Alderan Pocock, the aliens likely exist. Now, I want to make something really clear to all of our listeners out there. The Rhineland Water Board is not ruling any of these things out. It could be any of them. Mm -hmm. Could be white women. Could be the Cluder. White women did it. <laughs> they have those in Holland, right? Some of the widest. Wageningen researcher <laughs> Eva Rusink said there are circumstances in which the crayfish may have contributed to the damage of the dike. Crayfish like to dig holes and there have been a very few examples of rats digging away on the other side. <laughs> like they're working in concert? <laughs> hey, we'll meet I, in the middle. <laughs> I can hear clicking. Guys, we're almost there. <laughs> on the other side. You guys smell Join cheese? You guys smell cheese? Union. <laughs> Leaks have been known to occur as a result, but it very rarely happens, Rusink told the broadcaster. So, feels like he's really just trying to help out, uh, you know, this farmer who's saying <laughs> that it's crayfish. Yeah. Sure, theoretically, he's... Yeah, he could be. Uh, yeah, 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 I guess. Maybe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's currently playing the role of the wild-haired guy on Ancient Aliens. Mm. Was it crayfish? Nobody knows. We can't say for sure. Could have been. I mean, cows could have easily done it, but, you know, crayfish. Hmm. 
The crayfish, Procamborus clarki, or red swamp crayfish, are thought to have travelled from their native United States in the ballast tanks of large freighters in the mid-1980s and are well adapted to local waterways. Who the fuck put them in there and how'd they get back out? What is going on here? Well, so you, you pick up ballast from where you start. No, then... I reckon somebody puts the... They, 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 <laughs> un, they unravel matter. a hose <laughs> and they pop it into the ballast hole and they turn it on and then they look at their watch and say, got enough time for a quick game of Dark Souls. Hmm. I'm always filling my ballast hole with cra- crabs and lobsters. Hmm. And, and whatnots. It's hmm. interesting. They are well adapted to the local waterways. They are particularly common in Utrecht, Nude Holland, and Zuid Holland. The crayfish have very few natural enemies. <laughs> this one guy. <laughs> <laughs> and their number is now thought to run into billions. That's a little oh, unsettling. Oh, God. Mm. That's too many crayfish. What number would you like? Ten? For yeah, the whole world? Manageable. For the whole world. I mean, we can share. We can kind of go on a crayfish rotation system. Hmm. Like crayfish sharing. So one crayfish maybe per continent and then yeah. uh, three for the extra crayfish for the biggest continents. There's definitely too many, I feel. Too mm-hmm. many crayfish. We were, um, I remember like the, one of the first times I went hiking up at Springbrook. Oh, beautiful. Or, Beautiful part of the country. O'Reilly's Ben, up, up, ben up, just up. immediately overcome mm. by remembering part of Queensland's countryside. Oh, Springbrook, beautiful place. Um, but like, yeah, just walking around and I like, I'm like looking down at where I'm walking and stuff and I look up and there's this fucking bright blue crayfish standing right in the middle of the path. Ah, one of our famous just mountain do- lobsters. Do- 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 <laughs> yeah, just like snipping his little, his little snips at me. And I, I don't know, I was extremely discombobulated. Uh, it's not what I was expecting to see at that particular time. No, but they just—they're just in the in the water up there in the mountains. They're in the mountains. They're in the ocean. They're in our fish tanks. They're in our stomachs. They might be in your house, fucking your wife. Hmm. Hmm. They probably are. The crayfish's voracious appetite and destructive habits are detrimental to water quality and diversity. Same. Oh, that's why they're trying to pin this crime on them. Now look, that was uh, that was a blend. You've tried that out. You've given it a taste, and uh, right now you're swirling it around in your mouth, and then you're going to spit it into the cupped hands of me standing next to your table. <laughs> Very yes. strange. Yes, That's, thank uh, you, sir. We're, uh, we're, <laughs> we're out of buckets. <laughs> My name's Andrew, and I'll be your bucket this evening. <laughs> uh, please. Uh... If you need somewhere to spit, just straight into my mouth. Yeah, just call me over. I'll kneel down next to the table. Oh, no, I don't work here. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, I'm not going to swallow the wine. I have some class. Please. <laughs> so, you know, you, you, tried, you tried to blend. And uh, you turned to me, kneeling down, uh, all red around the mouth. <laughs> and you say, you know what? I'm going to need some uncut nature corner. I'm going to need pure nature corner. Mm. Mm. We're talking single origin. Need single origin nature corner. And we're going to go out of our way here and make this as single origin as it can possibly be. Not only is this just a nature corner story for you, the paying customer. You're not not a paying customer. You might be. There's about a one in seven chance you're a paying customer. Maybe you could be... Uh, this is not just a pure nature corner story. This is a single animal focused nature corner. This is a single origin nature corner story. And, uh, to that end, allow us to treat you to the nature corner theme song. Now, <sighs> didn't anticipate that. Wonderful. You might have guessed. Maybe you haven't. Maybe you're one of the one in seven real dunces who listens to the show. Mm. 
Mm. This but is they, a story about a, wait, an but, eagle horse. Hey, are you saying the classic? The, the same Pegasus. number of people that pay for the podcast are the number of people that listen to this show and are a dunce. No, no, I'm saying it's a similar number, but they're not the same group. Oh, okay. Only the smartest and best looking listeners decide hmm. to go to patreon.com slash Vista and sign up for our next episode every week. Make Only the finest specimens. That's right. Five US dollars a month. Yeah, unfortunately, one in seven listeners are unreachable louts. They're clumsy. Uh, they're foolish. They're knocking a lot of stuff over in their house and then saying, you know? <laughs> Trying to fight the Witcher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> One in seven listeners is currently walking around asking, have you seen my glasses? Have you seen my glasses? Mm. Right there on their head. Just up top, you know? Classic. Classic dunce stuff. First place you should look. This comes to us from the website Inspirement. That's right. Inspirement. (laughs) Okay. Oh. People who raise horses often claim that the animals have a therapeutic effect on them. In France, a horse by the name of Peo is well known as an excellent therapist that helps sick people get better. In fact, they put a uh, therapist in quotation marks there. Just I want to stress that because that horse is not a qualified. It's not a qualified therapist. In fact, horse therapy is a recognized form of treatment. But again, the horse is not the therapist in this scenario. We need you to realize that. We need you no, to understand. There's, there's an accompanying person generally. Peo is a 14-year-old stallion from the city of Dijon, named after the mustard. That's That's right, Andrew. I love it so much. (laughs) Two times a month, he visits hospitals in the locality. I really... I know that this isn't the case, but I would really prefer to picture this story as Peo just kind of... He's out in the field and he goes, Oh, that time of the month. Mm Mm-hmm. And he just sets off down the road. It is time to go to hospital. <laughs> May. <laughs> oh, somebody needs Peo's help. Oh, what is that? A sick person is depressed. I must go now. Le hospital, por favor. Nope, that's nope, Spanish. Nope. S'il vous plaît. Oui, rapido, also Spanish. Oh, somebody needs one of Peo's medicinal cigarette. Who in here needs to be kissed by a horse? (laughs) While the thought of a horse entering a hospital might sound unhygienic, the the administrators take every precaution to ensure that Peo is sanitary when inside the building. How the fuck can that be true? Well, they They starve him three weeks before he goes, (laughs) so he can't shit anywhere. They start off by supergluing Peo's urethra closed. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's just it's just full like the uh, like the cap of a silicon gun. <laughs> and at the end, like me dealing with the cap of a si- silicon gun, they, they put they, a screw in. <laughs> they make a they make like a a giant horse sized set of the rubber waders that fly fishers wear. You know, it's full to the brim. Also, <laughs> can I say? Bus yep. drivers hate therapy horses. <laughs> <laughs> no, you must understand it is a very special horse. <laughs> this... I'm taking this horse to a hospital. No, the horse is not sick. Let me on the bus. <laughs> this horse is helping people, you swine. The horse is healthy. The people are sick. The irony is that if that bus driver went on strike to keep therapy horses off the bus, Peo would be right there alongside him, trampling a policeman. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, that's, that's a good idea, actually. You should be able to bring your own horses to a protest. It'd be yeah. so good, wouldn't it? You're like, the- oh, it's so cool, oh, is it? Oh, I'm up here now. Oh, we're the same height, motherfucker. Oh. <laughs> It is, it is hard to control these so that they don't step on you. I agree. You can trample someone to death quite easily. Oh, I'm moving oh. towards the cop car. Ooh. Oh, my oh, horse is oh, very sud- scared. Suddenly you like hitting horses? Oh. Mm. <clears throat> Peo's tail and mane are braided. His hooves are greased. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Well, that's just adding an element of silliness into it. Okay. 
<laughs> Make sure these horses' feet are as slippery as possible. <laughs> we stand up here. You put the pins down there. <laughs> we push the horse <laughs> to victory. Uh, monsieur, monsieur, are you sure the horses uh, are you say? <laughs> Uh, Hajinik. Oh, his tail and mane are braided. His hooves are greased. His body is completely covered by an antibacterial lotion. And that big blanket is put over him. He is very circumcised. That's fucking insane. They, they just got to put Peo into like a big biohazard suit. Surely that's easier than all this. Shit. <laughs> you you got to put him on those like Zorb balls. <laughs> Roll him down the hall. <laughs> just full of horse piss and horse shit, swirling around this horse, just crashing into everything. <laughs> Please, the people, they need him. He's, he's freaking out inside the uh, the fucking um, the ball from um, oh god, Fuck, what's the what's the band I'm thinking of? <laughs> I'm thinking of the show Gladiators. Yeah, oh, it'll come to me later. The big metal ball. Uh, flaming lips. That's who you think. Flaming of. lips. Thank you. So, can I just do the rest of this story in a French accent? Is that okay? Would yeah, I would love it if you did. Okay. Uh, people at home, I want you to know I'm now smoking a big cigarette. Luckily, that doesn't come through your speakers or anything. I know you're worried. That doesn't come through your speakers. Don't have to be concerned about any any health issues. Once inside. Peo is free to go wherever he wants. <laughs> Incroyably. How the fuck is he making his decisions? <laughs> I am the administrator of this hospital and I give this horse carte blanche. Complete freedom of movement within this hospital. If he asks for access to surgical tools that goes into the ER, that is on him. Oh. Liberté. <laughs> oh, no. He is inside your nursery. <laughs> that is destiny. <laughs> oh, you say Peo is biting leukemia patients? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> very, very lucky. <laughs> Naughty Peo. <laughs> he is a wild spirit. He cannot be tamed. I do not care if he went into the morgue and is desecrating your husband's corpse. Oh, my goodness. Incroyably. Peo often goes into the rooms of people who are the sickest. In many cases, those who are dying. Is this like uh, is this like the, the cats that go in and sit on somebody's chest when they're on the way out? Peo yeah. coming in, sitting down on top of you, <laughs> helping you along the way. Imagine you, like, every, every patient that Peo sits on dies. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like he knows. It's like he knows. <laughs> Imagine you having like your final moments with a loved one and they're just like, they're just, their consciousness is receding. You know, they're just, and you're, you're tenderly sort of holding their hand and you, you've said all of your last words to each other. And they you know, just peacefully away, and then one of you is just like, "Holy fuck, there's a horse!" <laughs> what uh, the fuck? He's just eating oh, all the flowers that you brought. <laughs> this is very bizarre. We have a lung cancer patient. We have a leukemia patient. We have a man who was in a car accident and broke his leg. All three died from. Severely exploded organs. <laughs> uh, the coincidence. Life is beautiful. <laughs> Lighting another like medicinal cigarette. <clears throat> this is uh, this is haunting. Peo uh, often goes into the rooms of people who are the sickest. He just stands near the patients, and they instantly take a liking to him. I like this horse's vibe. <laughs> a sort of silent communication between Peo and the patients takes place, and people even cry in the horse's presence. Imagine... Happy tears? <laughs> waking up, and there's like... This fucking giant... 
How many of these people have like heard the the Johnny Cash song, you know, when the man comes around? I behold a horse in my fucking hospital room <laughs> when I just woke up. That's good, right? Doctors told me I don't have long to live and I woke up and there's a horse in the room. That's good. That's an omen how keen they health. are to like roll with this. It's always a good omen when a horse turns up. Quote, Patients who tend to be angry and aggressive become calm. <laughs> Patients who- of horse reprisals. <laughs> yeah, everybody, like, I love how every one of these things indicates, like, just fear to me. <laughs> Next one in particular. Patients who tend to be angry and aggressive become calm. Patients who don't want to walk anymore start walking. Yeah, out of the fucking hospital <laughs> to go to a hospital where there isn't a horse. <laughs> Patients who don't speak suddenly find the words. Like, can you get, get rid of this fucking horse? horse out of here? <laughs> Some of the ladies in senior homes even go to the hairdresser the day before payroll comes, so they will look their best. No. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Is this look? I'm going to be charitable and. <laughs> I got to get my hair done because Peo's coming through and he fronts up on people who are about to die and I want to look good on my deathbed. Yep. Uh-huh. The medical staff call it magical. According to Pets Lady. Yeah, the primary source for this this article is an article on the website Pets Lady. <laughs> Pets Lady. Yeah. Okay. That's normal to me. <clears throat> Bale wasn't always a therapy horse He was part of the German high command Before changing his name and- <laughs> he, got, he got airlifted out of there As part of Operation Paperclip <laughs> And then somehow came back to Europe <laughs> I met Bale when he was playing stand-up bass In a jazz band <laughs> In a smoky basement in Paris when Bukashur, uh, Bouchakur, when Bouchakur was traveling with Peo, that's his owner, for shows, he noticed the horse was attracted to people who were disabled. Eventually, Easier victims. Just what's this horse's deal? You know, walking up to people. Mm. <laughs> uh, hey, bro. You look frail. <laughs> what would, We're going to get on just fine. Yeah. Have you um? Have you got your affairs in order? You might want to get your affairs in order. Hey, what do you think would happen if a horse stepped on you? <laughs> 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 want to find out? Uh, eventually, Bushakur started taking payoff for therapy visits and discovered the horse was very good at making sick people happy. Now, if you want to just Google Payo therapy horse, you'll probably see the photo that's been leading most of the articles about this, which is an old lady, very old lady in a hospital bed. And she's weeping as this fucking gigantic horse looms over her. Like, it is right next to the bed. Right up over her. And it's just... Just kind of a fucked up scenario. I'm like, I'm pretty, I'm pretty bugged out by horses, like at the best of times, just because they are like, you know, sort of car-sized muscle <laughs> machines. Yeah, and they get spooked by a lot of stuff, you know. And their their reaction when they're spooked is to kill you. Yes, well, it's it's at the very minimum to just kind of thrash around a little bit, you know. Yeah, and hospitals. A lot of narrow corridors and small rooms, you know? So I'm just trying to work out what Ben's scrolling through using the reflection of his glasses. <laughs> I'm looking at pictures of the therapy horse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, he certainly... Look, uh, and I'm, you know, I'm sure this has actually created some beautiful experiences for people that are in a very, very, you know, dark and difficult place. Horses are wonderful animals. Uh, my mum has done some sort of therapy stuff with her horses, with other, you know, with people that would benefit from that and it's all gone very very well uh but they're fucking uh 
just found a picture where it looks like he's pointing into a room and saying, yep, that guy's about to cock it. That one. Oh, please look at the image I just posted in the chat. This guy is, how you say, <laughs> completely fucked. This guy's about to croak. <laughs> <laughs> He's they like couldn't the Grim get Reaper. A smaller an- who, who brought the horse in? How did the, the horse, horse brought get- itself in, by all accounts. <laughs> you're not going to say no to a horse. What do you think? You're going to say, sorry, we don't allow hospitals in this horse. A horse. We don't mm-hmm. allow horses we in don't. this hospital. Mm-hmm. And the horse is going to be like, oh, yeah, no worries. I'll come back tomorrow and the next day until you let me touch a sick person. Look, it's a fascinating story, but... It really raises some questions for me, uh, some really important questions. If I were to make a list of those questions and prioritize them, most important one, obviously, right at the top. To me, the most important question would be, is it a scallop or is it a potato cake? Oh, wow, you really mm. fucking brought it home, didn't you? I, I am the embodiment of an impulse. I can't not do it, you know? So you haven't answered the question though. What is it in think. Queensland? Did you grow up in Queensland? Were they calling it a potato cake or a scallop there? I honestly don't know. It's I don't a potato scallop in Queensland. Oh, I, I, th- I think you know. You just don't want to make anyone mad when you answer the question. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> Going to get a little controversial on the timeline here. <laughs> oh boy, folks, that's it. The that's one. It. Oh, that's it. That's that's it. That's what's up. That was what was up. Oh. Next episode, you'll find out what else is up, or will is going to become what is up in the future, mm. and will be what's up by the time. This has been what's been up. The stuff yeah. that we just talked about was that's what's up, and on the next episode, which as we mentioned, you can get by going to Patreon.com/slash Vista, signing up. Uh, that one that comes out later on in the week will be detailing more of that's what's up yeah the wonderful lucy could not be with us due to work commitments but she will be on that episode that's right we're paywalling women's voices (laughs) oh my god no we're they're the valuable ones and that's why you have to pay to hear them they're precious we're actually we're a b testing to find out uh which host is the favorite Uh (laughs) so and which one will be jettisoned into space? Which, yep. Where do we get the best conversion rate during that? Oh, oh, hearing a woman's voice isn't worth $5 a month to you? Wow. That's crazy. If it were up to me, Peyo would be visiting you tomorrow. The one in seven of our listeners walking around in a dunce cap who doesn't respect Lucy. However, I've heard that you can actually uh, clear that situation up by signing up for the Patreon. Doing some sort of a signal of how virtuous you are, you know? Do you think I should also put the ad in this episode, or do you reckon this will probably stand on its own? I think you should put it in twice. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> see how I feel when it comes time. Oh, that's it, everybody. That's what's up. And we'll see you later. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.